As we're looking at these verses, Solomon is uh, really here in the book of Ecclesiastes throughout, giving us a wise man's perspective on a foolish life. Hey, we know that Solomon was blessed by God in this incredible way that God came to him and he said, hey, you can have whatever you'd like, right? Uh, what do you want me to give you? What do you want me to bless you with? You can have riches. You can have uh, military power in your kingdom. You, you can have whatever you'd like. And Solomon says, uh, I want wisdom. And God says, great choice. In fact, you're going to get the other things with this as well. But Solomon takes this wisdom, and he doesn't particularly do very much with it that's wise. Hey, there's some great highs in his life. There's some great victories in his life. But he also does a lot of dumb things. And by the time we get to Ecclesiastes, he, he walks us through a history of a wise person doing some pretty dumb things. And really, that's going to be a lot of the book of Ecclesiastes. By the time we get to the end of this book... He starts to give us uh, some advice. Uh, some of the earlier parts, uh, we got to look at it and we got to say, man, he is, uh, he's just kind of walking us through all of the dumb things that he did. And here by the end of it, we're starting to learn some of the wisdom that he picked up along the way. And that's really what we're looking at in Ecclesiastes 11. But Solomon is looking back at things that he regrets. He's looking back at moments that he's not proud of, that he wished he hadn't had happen in his life. And all of us have those moments. Sometimes they're relatively innocent sorts of moments. My freshman year, um, I'm just kind of acclimating to, to college life and all of that. But I do know one thing, and it's a lesson that I think about 95% of y'all know. We can still take that to 100%. And it's that doing laundry is good, right? <laughs> doing laundry, good thing, right? Uh, my parents at least uh, taught me that part. So I was like, you know what? I've got to go put some money on my laundry card. There's the machine you got to put it in and add the money. And, and I just needed to do uh, just one week's worth. I, I didn't have, you know, a month in the closet because, again, the 95% of us here, right, we're working on this lesson. And so there was an ATM that used to be over in the Revels building, and I got a 20 out of it, and I just needed to, to change that, put a 5 on my card, and go do laundry. So I walk into the GA, and I don't know exactly when in the semester it was. I, I think it was somewhere towards the middle. We're all a little bit loopy. We're all a little bit out of it. And I, uh, I had put the money back in my wallet, and I pull a bill out, and I say, all right, I need, uh, can you change this? I need five fours. And they like, looked at me kind of weird. And I was like, no, like, I, uh, can you change this 20? I need to do five, I need five fours so I can do my laundry. And they were like, uh, we, don't, we don't have any $4 bills here, first of all. Uh, and second of all, you're holding a one, right? <laughs> we've just, you know, we've all kind of been a little bit out of it, right? A Friday coming off of leadership, coming off of finals, starting up term B. It might be one of those sorts of days. We've all got moments we're not the proudest of. Hey, there's a guy, Donald Pugh, a couple of years ago in Ohio. You can look up the news articles on this. And uh, Donald Pugh was wanted by the local uh, authorities. The local police uh, had a warrant out for his arrest there in Ohio. And they put out a picture on their social media and they say, hey, you know, if anyone has any tips about this person, Person, then you know, let us know that sort of thing. And uh, and he reached out to the police station. He commented there, and he said, uh, and I quote, "Here is a better photo. That one is terrible." Right? He reaches out. He sends them an updated picture of himself to the police, and they catch him just a couple of days later because. Yeah, no duh, right? <laughs> We've all got moments that we're not the proudest of, and Solomon has a life that's that's surprisingly full of these for all of the advantages, for all of the blessings, for all of the good things going on in his life. 
that he's looking at. But by the time we get here to Ecclesiastes chapter 11, he's giving us some wise advice about how to live our lives. He's giving us some helpful truths that we can apply each and every day. So in this chapter, we're going to look at three surprising encouragements from this passage. We're going to notice three surprising encouragements here. And I say they're surprising because here are the three points that we are going to look at. Number one, you can't do much, right? We've all felt like that, especially on a Friday. Hey, you can't do very much. Number two, you don't know much, right? Not only are you bad at stuff, but you're not very smart either, right? You can't do much, you don't know much, and every silver lining has a cloud. In the most Ron Swanson way possible, make sure that you heard what I actually said, right? Uh, Every silver lining has a cloud with it in its uh, connected to it there. That every time we see something good in life, there's always something bad that we can think about as well. And all three of those are fantastic, encouraging truths that Solomon wants to motivate us with here in this chapter. So let's start in by looking at this idea of we can't do that much. Verse 3, here, here's what Solomon means by this. Here's what Solomon is talking about with this. Verse 3, if the clouds be full of rain, they empty themselves upon the earth. And if the tree fall toward the south or toward the north, in the place where the tree falleth, there it shall be. Right? Here's the picture. It's pretty clear in this verse, but just in case we were wondering about it. Hey, you know what happens when we see rain clouds? Rain. Yeah, it's probably going to rain, right? And we don't see rain clouds much in Lancaster, but the, the correlation is still there. If you see rain clouds, it's probably going to rain. Hey, the second half of the verse, right? Hey, if a tree falls, whether this happens towards the south or the north, right, this is a universal principle that we can figure out from this. If the tree falls, you look at it on the ground and you say, that's a tree right there. I see that thing. Hey, that's a, that's a tree. And this is what Solomon is telling us here. Hey, what are we supposed to learn from this? What are we supposed to take away from this? Three quick thoughts about this, okay? Number one, life inevitably brings uncontrollable circumstances. Life inevitably brings uncontrollable circumstances. Doesn't matter if I want it to rain or not. If there's rain clouds, it's probably going to rain. Hey, if a tree falls, doesn't matter if I really like that tree standing up, right? I like the vertical orientation of that tree, doesn't matter. It's, it's on the ground now. Life inevitably brings uncontrollable circumstances. And secondly, some of these uncontrollable circumstances will inevitably affect my life in negative ways. Hey, without a doubt, some of these things that are just out of my hands, out of my control in life, I'm not going to like. I don't want it to rain today. Uh, When I was growing up, we had some friends from church, and a lot of times Thursday afternoons, we'd get together to park. My uh, my family's house is right across the street from this huge city park. It's fantastic. It's got basketball and baseball and soccer field, all sorts of things. And and we would go over there, and, and, and we would, you know, go toss around a football or something like that. We'd have a great time. I don't know if this is statistically accurate, But it seemed like on Thursdays that we were planning on going over there, you could just add an extra 50% to the uh, chance of rain to the weather forecast for that day, right? Says 30%, nah, you're probably getting rained out. It seemed like it always happened like this, but you know what? It didn't really matter if I wanted to go outside and play football or not. If it was gonna rain, 
it was going to rain, and that was just what was going to happen, and, and that wasn't something that I enjoyed. It impacted my life in a negative way, but inevitably, some of these things will happen. Hey, sometimes we're going to want that tree to be up. Sometimes we're not going to want it to rain. And the only thing that I can do about this, the only thing that I can do about the fact that inevitably there will be things out of my control in life and some of these will be bad, the only thing I can do about this is to accept the fact that I can't do anything about this. Solomon here is saying that sometimes life just happens and you can't do much about it. There's not really much you can do to change this situation. There's not much you can do to change this story. I can't keep it from raining today. I can't keep there from being, you know, a Lancaster windstorm or something like that just because I don't want it to happen. If it's going to happen, it's going to happen. And sometimes there are things like this in life. But sometimes in our lives, instead of accepting that this is just going to happen and this is just the way that life works sometimes, we fixate on these past events. Man, I wish this was different. I wish that hadn't happened. I wish I could change this thing about my life. And when we fixate on things that we can't control, it reveals idolatry in our hearts. Now, two things I'll say about that first. Number one... Uh, idolatry sounds kind of harsh, uh, but it really is. And we're going to talk about that in a second. Number two, we're talking about being fixated on things that we can't control. We're not talking about, hey, inevitably things come to mind, right? Inevitably we remember some things that we wish had, had come, happened differently in our lives. And inev inevitably there's some things that we wish that we could change. Not for, for selfish reasons or whatever, but uh, there are things that... Maybe we wish we're better. I mean, I, I wish that, uh, and you can fill in the blank with that. I wish that this friend was still here. I wish that uh, my grandparent hadn't gotten COVID. I wish that some of these sorts of things. And we're not talking about a God-submitted desire like that. But sometimes we can become so locked in so fixated. Man, if only this thing had been different. If only I could have changed that. If only this hadn't turned out the way that it had, that it becomes an idol in our lives. It shows that we lack surrender, uh, that we refuse to submit our own plans and our own imagined timeline to the Lord. Uh, it shows that we lack humility, that we refuse to embrace the fact that I'm weak and that I can't control everything that goes on in my life. It shows that I lack patience, that I'm not willing to wait on the Lord's timetable, and I would prefer to accelerate it after my own wisdom. And I lack joy. I'm refusing to savor that God is enough, and he's good enough, and he's sufficient for me to be able to rejoice in any situation and any outcome in my life. When I become fixated on, man, I wish that I could change this, and I refuse to consider the fact that I can't do that much that maybe the tree is going to fall and maybe it's going to rain and that's just not something I have control over, it reveals uh, that there's a, a twisting and there's an idolatry in our heart. And it's easy for us sometimes to say, well, I'm actually, I'm not wishing that I could control everything. I just, you know, I just believe that God can. I, I trust his omnipotent power. I, I know that God is enough to handle any circumstance in my life. Well, yeah, of course he is. That's, that's not the question. 
Uh, why should we expect, though, that any time I want something to be different, God will just show up and just magically fix it for me? Uh, man, I, I wish that I didn't have to work as many hours this semester. Bam, done, right? Uh, magic provision for your school bill. Man, I wish this hadn't happened this way. Done, right? Perfect life, uh, no worries, no issues, nothing like that. Hey, in life, I just can't do that much. I, I can't stop a rainstorm. I, I can't keep a tree from falling. I, there's some things in life that I just can't change. But the second truth that we can see is that we don't know very much. Now, we're going to look at this in verse 5, but this is something that Solomon talks about in verses 2 and 5 and 6. Three different times in just a couple of verses, he talks about the things that we don't know. Verse 2, give a portion to 7 and also to 8, for thou knowest not what evil shall be upon the earth. In our lives, we don't know what bad things might happen Verse 6, in the morning sow thy seed, in the evening withhold not thy hand. Thou knowest not whether shall prosper, either this or that, or maybe whether they both shall be alike good. Hey, we don't know the good things that might happen in life. Hey, we're, we're ignorant of both the bad things that might happen and the good things that might happen. And sometimes we can recognize this and we can kind of just chalk this up to the idea that, well, that's just kind of how life is sometimes. Life is unpredictable. Who knows what's going to happen? It just sort of some of these things shake out. But verse 5 is something that we need to see. Not only do we not know the bad things and the good things that might happen, but we don't know the God things that are happening. Verse 5, as thou knowest not, what is the way of the Spirit? Nor how the bones do grow in the womb of her that's with child. Even so, thou knowest not the works of God who maketh all. In our lives, we recognize, hey, some things, we might not know why it happens. But often when it comes to our lives and when it comes to God, we start demanding answers, right? Like, why did this thing happen over in, in China? Who knows, right? Life is crazy. God has a plan. Why did this thing happen in my life? Well, I don't know, God. I need answers now. Right? Uh, why did my car have to be the one that, you know, someone randomly uh, got into a hit-and-run accident with? Uh, why does my roommate have to be the annoying one? Why does my school bill have to be the one that's not paid? I don't know, God, but I'm expecting some answers pretty fast here, right? I deserve to see what's going on with this. But Solomon says, you don't know what God is up to. You don't know what God is doing. Uh, you don't have the wisdom, you don't have the insight, you don't have the foresight to be able to put the pieces together of God's plans and of God's workings in the world. Hey, God doesn't owe that to us. Uh, he doesn't owe us that if we really pray hard and if, if we keep our GPA up and we actually go soul winning every weekend instead of just you know, going out for an hour and some and, and, you know, and, and then just calling it a day, Hey, that, that we should be the ones to see what God is up to, that we should be the ones to see what God is doing, but God doesn't owe us that. He doesn't owe you anything because you got up this morning and did your devos. He's not obligated to give you a good day just because you read three chapters of his word this morning. This isn't some kind of uh, cosmic thing that God's like, well, I got to bless that person's life now, right? Like, you might still have a bad day. 
uh, you might not do great on that quiz. Uh, you might have a tough shift at work. It, you don't know. And you don't know what God is doing. God doesn't owe you anything for your spirituality. God doesn't owe you anything because uh, you're working your way through West Coast and you're trying so hard and you're doing so much. And, and right, like you, don't, you might not get the preaching opportunities that that next person does. You might not get as many interviews as, as someone else might if you're a senior. Uh, these sorts of things, maybe they'll happen, maybe they won't. And, and when the details of our lives go in a different direction than we feel like they should, we can go to God and say, God, why is this happening to me? But Solomon reminds us that we don't know that much. We don't understand God's workings. We don't understand what God is doing. And in love, God delights in blessing us. Hey, we're not talking about here that God doesn't care how your semester is going, because he does. We're not talking about here that God doesn't care that you have unsaved relatives or he doesn't care about your grandparent that passed, or he doesn't care that you are like 48 hours from getting sent home if you can't come up with some finances. We're not saying that God doesn't care about that. But the, sometimes we expect God to care for us in ways that make sense to us, that we expect to be able to predict, to forecast, and to align how God should care for me based on how I think that he should. And God doesn't have to do that. God doesn't have to schedule his blessings and, and run them by us to make sure that they work out for us. So what do these verses teach us? They teach us that ultimately, nothing is under my control. Nothing. And you say, well, you know, I'm a hard worker, right? I, I earned that last promotion. Well, you might get in a car wreck today. You know, who knows, Right? Nothing in life is ultimately, at the end of the day, under our control. And ultimately, everything is under God's control. And that's good enough. And that's fine. We don't have to have anything more than that. Verse 5, you don't know the works of God that maketh all. And that's just the way it's going to be. So in light of this, if I can't do much and I don't know much, then what am I supposed to do? And Solomon answers this for us. In verses 4 and 6, he tells us exactly what we're supposed to do. And I'm supposed to do, in my life, whatever it is I'm supposed to do. What am I supposed to do if I don't know that much and I can't do that much? Well, whatever you're actually supposed to do. Verse 4, he that observeth the wind shall not sow. He that regardeth the clouds shall not reap. Oh, man, oh, I just don't know. Uh, I don't know if today's going to be a good day for this. I don't know if today's going to be a good day for the harvest. Well, there's never going to be a perfect day for the harvest, so just get out there and start harvesting is the idea. Verse 6, in the morning sow thy seed, and in the evening withhold not thy hand. Hey, don't hold back from doing the things that you're supposed to do. Don't hold back from doing the things that are productive, that God has called you to do, that will reap a harvest eventually, because you don't know what's going to happen. But verse 6, thou knowest not whether shall prosper, either this or that, or whether they both shall be alike good. Hey, who knows? There could be unbelievable blessings. There could be unexpected blessings from the investments in your life. You don't know that for sure, any more than you know what bad things might happen. So just be faithful in doing what God has called you to do. 
hey, you don't know if someone's going to go get saved this weekend, but we've got a responsibility to tell people about the gospel. Hey, you don't know if you're going to ace your test, but we're called to learn, we're called to study, we're called to grow, so, so go work on it. Hey, you don't know whatever the case might be, but just do the things that you're supposed to do. So we don't know much, and we can't do much, but what we can do is trust God and just stay busy doing the things we're supposed to do. But look then at verse 7. Truly the light is sweet, and a pleasant thing it is for the eyes to behold the sun. But if a man live many years and rejoice in them all, yet let him remember the days of darkness, for they shall be many, all that cometh is vanity. And the third truth that we talked about, right? Every silver lining has a cloud. Hey, if you have a good life, a long life, a fun life, a wonderful life, and you enjoy all of it, make sure to remember the bad times. Make sure to remember the difficulties. Make sure to remember the days of darkness, for they shall be many. Now, this is kind of weird to us for a couple of different reasons. Uh, and one of them is that here in Ecclesiastes, this is almost a U-turn from things that Solomon has told us all throughout the book. There's at least six different times leading to this passage that Solomon has essentially said, life is bad, but if we kind of realize that it's bad, then we can enjoy the good in it as a gift from God. Six different times to this point, he said, it's kind of bad, but we can always find the good. And here he says, even if it's good, make sure to find the bad. It's a little bit backwards to us. Hey, as we look in Ecclesiastes uh, chapter 2, verse 24, there is nothing better for a man than that he should eat and drink, and that he should make his soul enjoy good in his labor. This also I saw that it's from the hand of God. And, and even the verse before it, for all his days are sorrows and his travail grief, yea, his heart taketh not rest in the night. This is vanity. Hey, life is terrible, but you know what? Just enjoy it because it is a gift from God. God. We're not going to go through every single one of these verses, but uh, chapter 8, verse 15, for example, then I commended mirth. You might as well just enjoy it, because a man hath no better thing under the sun than to eat and to drink and to be merry, for that shall abide with him of his labor the days of his life, which God giveth him under the sun. So throughout Ecclesiastes, Solomon says, life is kind of bad, but you might as well enjoy it because that's as good as it's going to get for you. And here he talks about someone that has a long life and a good life. He lives many years, and he finds joy in all of them. And even that person should remember the days of darkness. Hey, remember the, the bad things, the difficult things that are happening in life. We naturally dislike we prefer to remove, and we prefer to forget the difficulties in our lives. It's natural for us to resent, to struggle against, to dislike the bad things that are going on. Man, we wish that we could take them away, <laughs> and we want to forget the difficulties of those moments in our lives, of these days of darkness. Now, I don't know if this is precisely what Solomon is talking about with the days of darkness. But as we think about darkness, hey, uh, when we're in a time of darkness, when it's just literally dark, it becomes difficult for us to tell time. 
It's difficult for us to tell how long something is going on, right? Uh, maybe you don't have uh, your phone or your alarm with you or something like that. Maybe there's not an alarm clock in your room. And one night, you just can't go to sleep, right? You're just you're staying up. You're, you're thinking about something. You're just not that tired. You can't go to sleep. That probably doesn't resonate with us too much as college students, but hypothetically here, right? It's difficult sometimes to tell, hey, wh what time is it, right? Uh, wh what's going on? Uh, where, what, you know, is it, is it 1 a.m.? Is it 3 a.m.? You know, oh, what's going on here with it? It's, it's difficult to tell time when it's dark. It's difficult to avoid pain when it's dark, as the manufacturers of Lego have perfected. Right? <laughs> it's difficult for us to avoid things that we would rather avoid. It's difficult for us to avoid things that are uncomfortable for us when it's dark. Hey, God, I, I really, I don't understand the timing of this event, God. God, it feels like I'm in the dark here. God, I don't, I don't know how long this is going to have to go on, God. What's, what's the deal with that? Hey, why is this so uncomfortable for me, God? I, I, I would have steered clear of this if I had been able to see it. Uh, I would have avoided this if I had known that this was coming, God. If there was any way from my end that I could get away from this situation, I would have done that. Now, it's important for us, even as we're talking about days of darkness, to, to qualify what we're talking about with this a little bit. Days of darkness are not every little thing that goes wrong your way. Uh, sometimes in life, we get this, this very uh, motto-y, this very mantra-ish type of response to things right, that, you know, we're like, well, you know, I can do it, I can do all things through Christ which strengtheneth me, and then we're like, well, you know, some people misapply that, I'm not sufficient, but God will come through for me, and sometimes we lean, like, so far into that, like, you know, I know that God is faithful in my life, and I know that he'll bless me, it's like, hey, man, she just said no to the banquet, it, it's going to be fine, right, like, it's not that big of a deal, right? You're like, you know, I know that God will still be good in my life. And it's like, you, you got to be on your test. Like, for some people, that is God being good in their life. Like, God's blessings are being displayed through that grade, right? For some of us, I've read your papers, right? So, so in life, we're not talking about, like, every little thing that sometimes goes wrong. You know, oh, no one asked me to the banquet, or the wrong person asked me to the banquet, or I asked someone and they said... We're not saying that that is the most comfortable thing ever, but it doesn't really qualify as days of darkness here. What we're talking about is, is actual, real difficulties. Uh, really hard things to go through. Hey, my grandparent passed away from COVID. Hey, my parents are getting a divorce. Hey. I'm graduating in five weeks and I have no clue what I'm going to do and nobody is reaching out to me and nobody is trying to hire me and, and some of this, hey, I don't know where the next payment for this semester is coming from and I, these sorts of things are days of darkness, most simply because anything else that we can say about dark and how the dark relates to time and how the dark relates to pain is because darkness makes it difficult to see. Like, no duh, that, that's literally the defining feature of darkness. But we really like walking by sight as people. And we might like to sprinkle some faith on walking by sight. Hey, I'm trusting God that 
that he'll help me see or something like that. We, we can try to spin it, but we really like walking by sight. We really like knowing what's going on. We really like to be able to see from this step to that step to there to here, and this is what's going to go on in my life, and this is how it's going to work out, and, and this is you know when I'm going to start dating and when I'm going to get engaged and when I'm going to get married and when I'm going to go into ministry and where I'm going to go into ministry and what position I'm going to have in ministry. And all of these things that we don't get to experience when we're in days of darkness. So why should we remember them? Why would Solomon tell us that even if you have a great life, even if you have an enjoyable life, to make sure to go back and to remember the days of darkness? I think there's two primary reasons here. Number one, remembering the days of darkness teaches us that seasons last, but never forever. Seasons last, but never forever. Because look at this person here in verse 8. If a man live many years and rejoice in them all, yet let him remember. Hey, what's the command? To look back and to remember the days of darkness. Well, what does that mean about it? By definition, that these days of darkness are in the past, that you've got to look back to remember them. You've got to look back to go to them. You've got to look back to see them because you're not in them anymore. And sometimes in our life when we get into a situation, when we get into a difficulty and we say, well, I don't see how I'm ever going to get out of this and I don't see how anything is going to ever come good of this and I don't see when this will ever be over in our lives and God says, hey, remember the days of darkness. Look back to them because you have the privilege of looking back because you're not in them anymore. For this man here in verse 8, and for each of our lives, it's easy for us to feel like difficulties are, are a never-ending present, uh, a never-ending where we are right now, but that's just not the case. It's just not how it works. Hey, God, I, I don't understand why you, would, why you would stick me here, why you would leave me here. Hey, I'm not leaving you here. This is going to be a time. This is going to be a season. You might be in these days for a bit but you're going to be able to look back at them. They will be finished. They will be over and done with, and you will need to go back and remember them. You will have to look back and bring them consciously to mind because you won't be in them anymore. Seasons last, but never forever. And secondly, remembering the days of darkness teaches us that joy declares independence from circumstances. Joy declares independence from circumstances. Because this guy, in verse 8, if a man live many years and he's got many days of darkness, but what do we see here? He lives many years and he rejoices in them all. Hey, the presence of difficulty, the presence of darkness, the presence of, uh, of frustrating and heavy and weighing you down kinds of situations where I can't see and I don't know what God is doing are not sufficient to take away your joy. They don't have to be. Uh, there's nothing that necessarily says, well, if I'm in a difficult time, then I can't have joy. If I'm in a difficult time, then, then there can't be a recognition of God's goodness, a recognition of God's grace. Uh, sometimes we let it act that way. Sometimes we let days of darkness take our joy. Sometimes we connect our joy to, I have to see what's going on. 
But it doesn't have to. Not for this guy, not for the Christian, not for someone that knows that, man, Jesus Christ came and he conquered death and sin and hell and the grave and Satan, and I'm part of his family, and I'm accepted in the beloved, and I'm loved with inseparable love, and I'm uh, empowered according to his mighty power that's working in me, and I'm commissioned, and I'm sent forth with the gospel to shine as a light in this world, that I can know him, that the Holy Spirit's living inside of me. And I mean, yeah, I'm having a bad day too, but on the ultimate scales of how our lives go, number one, all of the good things are so much greater than all of the bad things, and number two, disconnect that scale. The bad things shouldn't be part of the evaluation of if I can be happy today or not. They're not part of, they don't have to be part of, they shouldn't be part of, well, can I have the joy of the Lord today or not? Well, you know, I, I guess I can have the joy of the Lord because all the good stuff, you know, I guess when you come down to it, it outweighs the bad stuff. The bad stuff shouldn't be part of the equation. The bad stuff shouldn't be part of me deciding if I can be pumped that Jesus is alive and well, that God is on the throne, that he has a plan, he has a purpose, that he knows the future, and that everything is going to work out just fine in God's universe. And so because of this, Solomon says, hey, remember the days of darkness. Hey, look back at them. God brought you through them. God got you out of them. And even in the moment, you could have joy and you could uh, find enjoyment and, and reason to praise even in these moments here, even in the days of darkness. we got two invitations here as we're closing today. Number one, quit your job. Number two, enjoy your vacation. Don't take this first one too literally, Nathan. You can do the second. Quit your job and enjoy your vacation. Hey, you're not God. Shouldn't be breaking news, but sometimes in my life I'm a little too surprised by that. I'm not running the universe. I don't know that much. I can't do that much. Things happen that are outside of my control, but nothing happens outside of God's control, so I should probably let God run God's universe, and I should probably quit trying to do that. I don't need to. I'm not good at it anyway, and when I quit that job, when I realize that I don't have to manipulate and organize and direct and make everything work out in my life and keep everything moving and everything running and everything in my direction just how I planned it, then I can find joy because of that. Because, hey, even in the days of darkness, God is good. Even when I don't understand what's going on, God's in control. Even when I don't see how this will work out, doesn't matter. I don't have to. God already knows, and he's the one keeping everything rolling. He's the one keeping everything on track. So as Solomon is giving us some of these truths here, hey, some of them, hey, you, you can't stop a rainstorm. You can't uh, change where, if a tree falls or not or where it falls or not or whatever. And sometimes you'll go through terrible times. Times where you feel lost, times where you don't feel like you've got direction or a plan or a vision of, of where the future is taking you. But God always does. And that's enough for us to just do what we're supposed to do and to trust him every step of the way.